What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about fantasy football in the NFL at large for SportingNews.com. And we finally have week one of the NFL season. The books, main thing you have to do is not panic or not overreact to anything you saw, good or bad, in the games. There are a lot of uh, crazy things that happened there in week one. You need to have a month to have a good sample size to know exactly where things are headed. But we did see some positive things to close out the week. I think the Vikings performance and the Broncos Chargers game were definitely uh, worth the price of admission there to close the week. Good ending there. We'll briefly get into those games and then uh, we'll go into Pickup Tuesday where we look at the waiver wire pickups and that uh, you should be targeting between week one and week two. To put a bow on week one, let's look at the Saints and Vikings game. This was pretty much all Vikings. For the most part, the Saints struggled in the red zone until they scored a meaningless touchdown. Drew Brees kept his uh, TD mojo alive there with a pass to Kobe Fleener in the end zone when it was out of hand. But when you look at the Vikings, uh, Sam Bradford was dealing. You saw... Adam Thielen run downfield at will. Stephon Diggs score a couple times. Dalvin Cook get yards at will. So the biggest takeaway there from this game is the Vikings are capable of offense. Uh, that They have the legitimate weapons when you have uh, Kyle Rudolph as well, who also scored from tight end. So you had Diggs as your number one. Thielen is the number two. Rudolph is a classic tight end. And Cook is your classic three down back for sure. So... This is a good, legitimate offense. I think it's going to be very productive at times. I know the Saints' defense is terrible, and a lot of the stats were inflated from there. I think it will be a good test to see what the Vikings do in Pittsburgh. But positive signs all around that Cook is going to be very productive, and uh, Sam Bradford is going to have a bigger second year here in Minnesota. On the other side, New Orleans, uh, we tried to figure out what they were going to do without Willie Sneed. There was a lot of Kobe Fleener for sure. They covered him well until that uh, last touchdown there that he was able to score. So Fleener is definitely in the mix here in this passing game. We saw them throw a little Brandon Coleman in there in between and Ted Ginn, but clearly when Sneed comes back, it looks like it'll be Michael Thomas, Fleener, and Sneed as the main targets for Drew Brees. So that's good news for Fleener. He had a terrible first season in New Orleans, rebounded well with a strong first game. He's going to be valuable as long as Snead is out. Even in a tough matchup, he came through. So he's a guy that he's definitely on the radar for you in the Patriots game in week two. And then with 
the rest of this team, the backfield is an absolute mess. Alvin Kamara, to me, still has the most upside. We're going to get into him a little bit more. Adrian Peterson's completely not effective here. Mark Ingram has a lot of use because he touches the ball a lot. He's an RB2 slash flex every week. But uh, Peterson's unplayable, and Kamara has much bigger upside there. In the other game, Trevor Simeon looked good here. Unfortunately, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, some good games from a PPR perspective, getting involved, but still not exactly the explosion that you expect. It was Benny Fowler scoring twice, and then Simeon with his legs as well in this game. So uh, Simeon at least is going to keep the offense moving, and I think the most impressive thing was C.J. Anderson in that running game. Jamal Charles didn't look quite as good. He lost the fumble there. They tried to put him as a change of pace. He didn't really do well on the goal line, so I think this is going to help Anderson's value even more after he had a productive first game there running against the Chargers. On the Chargers side, we saw Phillip Rivers get in the groove with Keenan Allen right away. They didn't have a big game together, but he did have the touchdown there. And uh, Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates. This is going to be tricky the rest of the way, but the thing is that Allen is definitely going to be the go-to guy there. It'll be interesting to see when Mike Williams comes back, but it's very hard to this Chargers offense in the passing game it's very easy in the running game melvin gordon's going to touch the ball a lot scored as a receiver had some good runs there against the tough broncos defense so that's how you look at the chargers and broncos coming out of week one and going into week two we'll look at uh here are the pickups on pickup tuesday we'll start with the running backs everyone wants to know about the running backs because things have already happened with the attrition and a lot of this is related to injury and effectiveness in week one the first guy, though, Tarek Cohen of the Bears. He's highly recommended to pick up this week. He's the first guy I would look at. He's involved there in the offense right away with Jordan Howard, sharing the backfield, getting plenty of touches. And just as important is the Bears don't really have anything at receiver anymore. Kevin Meredith is down. Kevin White is now down after this game. So Cohen, they're going to need a cog like him. It's going to be an unconventional type offense. Everything is going to flow through Howard and Cohen. So... Cohen, he was a high upside backup to Howard going in. Now it looks like he's going to be a vital part of this offense going forward. And a great play as an RB2, I think, is even in uh, some standard leagues going forward if they're going to use him this much and give him some opportunities to score. The next running back that I would look at is uh, Buck Allen there. Another injury there to Danny Woodhead to his hamstring so Buck Allen is pretty much what Woodhead could be when Woodhead is out. He had the most touches there over Terrence West. West did have the better rushing effort, but Allen got the more touches. He can be more useful in the passing game. We know the Ravens are going to dink and dunk quite a bit. So Buck Allen is definitely a high on my list as a target this week. The Cardinals, we're going to have a split there of Kerwin Williams and Andre Ellington. The big injury of the week was David Johnson going down with the wrist. Now, it's going to be more complicated because now DJ Foster's in the mix, Chris Johnson's in the mix, so this could be an ugly committee. If I was going to pick to own one, I would pick Kern Williams. It's a good matchup against the Colts this week as well, so you can plug him in there. I think they'll be playing for a head. It's going to be game flow dependent if they're trailing and the Cardinals, what their defense could be, you're going to see a lot more Valentin. So you have to kind of play it week to week, but if you're desperate and you're a Johnson owner and you can't get Cohen or Allen, I think you look at Kerwin Williams next. Another guy that I'm definitely looking at is Chris Carson. He was the most effective Seahawks running back. Eddie Lacy was just terrible. Thomas Rawls in the ankle. Who knows how effective he's going to be if and when he can return. Maybe he's out there in week two, but Chris Carson still has more upside of the group there for sure as the undrafted free agent from Oklahoma State. So 
definitely on the radar. Definitely should be there in a lot of leagues. I think we found a little bit of clarity that Patriots back. We know Mike Gillespie was a scoring back, but James White there is the uh, top swing option. So he's going to be on the field quite a bit. They're playing the Saints this week, so it's a great time to deploy him. Rex Burkhead, for now, I've cooled my Jets, as well as Deion Lewis. They're just not involved as much. We mentioned Kamara, and I really like Kamara as a pickup here. I, I think he could have a monstrous role if something were to happen to Mark Ingram. He's just more versatile, more vital to the offense than Adrian Peterson is. So for all those people who own Peterson, I think Kamara is a much better pickup. And this Eagles backfield, I start to stash some people there. Darren Sproles, Wendell Smallwood, just in case. LeGarrette Blunt didn't look all that great. I know he scored a receiving touchdown, but still some uh, question marks on how effective he can be there in that Eagles offense. It looks like they want to spread the ball around and pass quite a bit there. So if I was looking at this team, i go uh, with Sproles as the preferred target. There, Smallwood is a good stash there for potentially a good run here in the next few weeks of the season and matchup with the Chiefs this week. That should be interesting for sure. That that pretty much does it for the running backs. It, you have to jump on these backs as much as you can. And my advice in general is keep stacking running backs because they're the hardest commodity. If you're going to choose between any other positions, I would go there. Now, you think you know football and uh, all the things that uh, come with the NFL season and you can put your knowledge to the test, uh, then I have a great way for you to get in the action this season. Where you bet is just as important as what you bet on, and that's why you should always go to mybookie.ag to get in on the betting action. MyBookie has been in the business for several years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. You can get paid in just two business days. So if you know who's going to win, lay down some cash and try to win big today. And with my bookie, it's great because you win, they pay. You don't have to wait, and you don't have to wait during games either. They have live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And with their all-new mobile site, you can wager on the go in a breeze. It's so easy and fun to get in on the action. The best news of all is if you join my bookie now, they'll match your deposit with up to a hundred percent bonus. You can use the promo code LO Fantasy. That's LO Fantasy L O Fantasy. That will activate the offer. And uh it's very easy. Just visit mybookie.ag today. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. It's as simple as that. And really if you're gonna watch these games every week, it's a lot more fun to uh have a little bit more fun with it on my bookie. Now we'll continue with the rest of the pickups here for the week. And wide receiver, there was a lot of uh, slot receiver action. And I, I think I'm going to lump in a few guys together to uh, kind of see who's the best option of that group. You had Nelson Aguilar go off for the Eagles. You have Cooper Cup, not a surprise being involved right away for the Rams as a Jared Goff's inside security blanket in the slot, and Kenny Galladay exploded as the number three with two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, one a long diving catch, one in the red zone. Now, if I'm going to go with these three guys, I think I look at Cooper Cup because the Rams are trying to work in a tight end situation, double with Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee, but to me, with Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods, they're going to be more of a three-spread-it-out team. Much like we saw in Washington, I've kind of made this parallel offseason with Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon, and Jameson Crowder. 
Cup is the crowder in this mix. And I think he's going to be the guy that's going to be open and see the most favorable coverage, easiest pitch and catch for Goff. So I like Cup of those three. And I think second, I like Galladay just because the more and more he makes big plays, the more they spread the field, less they play Eric Ebron. He's going to be right in there with uh, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, who both, by the way, had good fantasy games. Tate with the volume of catches and uh, Marvin Jones with the touchdown. So I really like Galladay. As long as those two guys are productive, Galladay has a chance because the Lions, we know, are going to be a heavy passing team. So Cuff and Galladay are pretty neck and neck as rookies I like. Aguilar, I kind of fade a little bit here. I think you have to put him on the radar because I think that you have the trust of Carson Wentz. It was not surprised that Zach Ertz and Aguilar were the most involved receivers. Wentz is still getting used to Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, and we know that Torrey Smith, one-trick speedster, and Jeffrey's going to get a lot of attention. So Aguilar I also like, but just behind those two guys a little bit. Now, Corey Davis, I think the Titans, he could be a number one receiver for them, but I don't know how much that means. Because remember, you have Delaney Walker, you have Rashard Matthews, you have Eric Decker is going to be better here soon. So there are some other mouths to feed. So in in the essence, Corey Davis, yes, he's the number one technical receiver in Tennessee, but this is a run-heavy team with the multiple options where he's not necessarily the third, even the third guy every week. He might be fourth or fifth, depending on how they go. They use the backfield as well when you include their Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray. So when you throw in a Walker, Matthews, and Decker, his role could be very frustrating from week to week. So that's why I recommend the other guys in that order, Cup, Galladay, and Aguilar, and then Corey Davis. Now, I think we clearly saw that Paul Richardson is the number two receiver in Seattle ahead of Tyler Lockett. So that was a thing. So I think eventually the Seahawks offense is going to get going, and Richardson is going to be valuable here with uh, Doug Baldwin eating up targets in the slot. Now, you also have to look with a grain of salt, which situation should you go to more the Jaguars without Al Robinson or the Bears without Kevin White and Cameron Meredith? I would say the Jaguars because this is a team I know they want to run the ball heavily when Leonard Fournette just run him into the ground. But you have Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns. Lee is the guy you want to go after. Hearns Remember, they were about to trade him. He's just not built to play on the outside. They wanted to work him in the slot. So Marquise Lee is the guy I clearly go after in that situation. With the Bears, I might just avoid. If you're going to go after someone, it's Kendall Wright because we know he's established in the slot and he's already playing there and he's healthy. So if you must go after someone, go there. But that's why Tarek Cohen is the number one pickup of the week because of his usage in the passing game. Now, we go to tight ends, and uh, Charles Clay is number one for me because – Zay Jones, Jordan Matthews, forget it. Again, another case of guy going with someone he knows, Tyrod Taylor to Charles Clay. Clay was targeted a lot in the red zone, scored a touchdown there against the Jets. So he's definitely in the mix. He definitely should be owned in all leagues. Jason Witten, some people were writing him off as a guy that didn't score enough and uh, wasn't involved enough there with uh, Cole Beasley and Des Bryant. But we saw Jason Witten still got plenty left in the tank. So if he's unowned, you still have to go with him. Kobe Fleener, the bust of last year, seems to be gone. He's going to stay involved there without Willie Sneed. I think Jared Cook is a guy that also could get more involved as well for the Raiders. He got some good targets there from Derek Carr. And as uh, Seth Roberts helps in the middle and uh, 
Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree spread the field. I think you'll see Jared Cook have an impact here soon. And don't forget the teams that are off. Julius Thomas has a good rapport with uh, Jay Cutler, and I, I think he could uh, be a factor right away in the first game. Same thing with Cameron Brait. He's going to be the receiving tight end over O.J. Howard for James Winston. So both of those teams will finally be in action this week. When you look at the, the special teams uh, this week, if you're looking for a streamer, I think the Bengals are an excellent option. They're playing the uh, Texans on a short week at home at night. Deshaun Watson, rookie quarterback, making his first start. So that is a great spot. The Ravens, they were unknown to a lot of leagues because people didn't think they were the old Ravens. They clearly were that in shutting out Cincinnati. Now they get Cleveland at home and Deshaun Kaiser. So two rookie quarterbacks to go after there as streaming defenses. You look at the Raiders, I also like that team as well. They are playing the Jets at home in the Black Hole. So Josh McCown and that team is just ugly. So you're going to go after them. And that's how you look at it each week with these streamers. Uh, those are definitely the best options uh, this week based on matchups that are probably available. Definitely the Raiders are probably going to be most available. I think Cincinnati is going to be out there as well. Baltimore is probably... Good chance of being owned uh, depending on the depth of your league, but those are the three targets this week if they're available for sure. And finally, we'll just close a couple kickers of note. If you had uh, Sebastian Janikowski and you're worried there how the Raiders would go on, Georgia Tavecchio proved that he's just fine uh, taking over and had a big, big game there kicking for Oakland, made the 50 yarders. That's what you want to see the distance and the accuracy. Tavecchio just pretty much picked up where Janikowski left off, and we know this is going to be a high-scoring, high-scoring team this season for sure. Finally, we'll wrap up at quarterback. There's not much to see at quarterback because these are still backup guys to me. You have uh, Alex Smith, Sam Bradford, Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco, these type of guys that are still QB2. So I think in a lot of leagues, these guys are ideal QB2s. Don't be... Two right on Smith. He faces much tougher Eagles defense this week. The Patriots, uh, he got off to a fast start, but the Eagles can get after him a little bit this week. So I would cool off on him. Same thing with Sam Bradford, the Steelers. These guys are more backups and streamers. If somebody's dropped Carson Palmer, I look at him for sure. They're playing the Colts this week. They're going to have to throw the ball without David Johnson. The Colts are easy picking. So take advantage if someone has given up on Palmer in your league. And with Tyrod Taylor... He plays the Panthers. I think the 49ers had a lot of opportunities last week. They left on the table. I think Taylor will play rather well there in Carolina and can be useful QB2 as long as he's starting. So he's a guy you definitely want to pick up as a backup. And Deshaun Kaiser and Deshaun Watson, you have to keep on your radar. Kaiser put up a 20-point fantasy game right away. So that's something of note with running and passing there. So you're going to look at uh, – Kaiser for sure as a potential streamer and then Watson making his first start no you're not looking at him this week against uh, the Bengals but down the line he can be a good bye week fill in as he starts running and uh, things start to open up one guy I'm not going to recommend yet is Jared Goff just because I want to see him do a little bit more against other teams I, I like the game he had but I just don't trust him too much to continue that so there you have it. There's a look at all the positions there in uh, fantasy football that you can uh, maybe address to improve your team. The biggest being running back, as usual, and that will be consistent all throughout the season. Take advantage of them now. Be aggressive early. Stack your, the 
guys and uh, make sure you're always active on the waiver wire because that's where a lot of championships are won. The draft is a good foundation with the waiver wire can put you over the top. Thanks so much for listening to Pick Up Tuesday. This has been Vinny Iyer for Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll see you next time. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.